Hey folks, it's Victoria Stillwell here. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Positively podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to thank our wonderful sponsor for this season, Adaptil. Did you know that having strangers in the home over the holidays or when you visit the veterinarian, that this can be really stressful for many dogs? But fortunately, there's help and it's called Adaptil for dogs. Adaptil mimics a naturally produced pheromone that truly helps reduce stress in dogs, helping alleviate many stress-related behaviors. And if you want to learn more, go to Adaptil.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready, ready to go. go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Well, as promised, we're back again, for this, better or for worse. Oh, yeah. This is this has been an exciting week. It <laughs> is. I know. It was a great week because, well, I just have to say, it's all about me. And I did this great piece on Vic. Actually, no. Um, it was a great subject. If you haven't had a chance to see it, go to Positively.com, and you can see the CNN piece. There's a link. Or you can go to CNN.com and find the story we did on Victoria, we had a series called Top Performers, people who are at the top of their game. And, you know, the people who are at the pinnacle, who they are, what they do, how they made it, how they stay there, advice for other people. And, oh, my God, it was so much fun. Let me tell you, uh, we were editing it. And every single person who would walk by the edit bay would stop and go, what's that? What's that? Because, first of all, we go to your training academy. We see you at home. You've got, we talk about your product line. Um, there's a little bit of me or the dog. It's me or the dog in there. So, you know, people know who you are, even though everyone knows who you are. But we have some great clips from Guardians of the Night, your new series. Yes. And we actually got to go film you filming the series. And every single person would stop by and be like, what is that? Oh, my God. There was, at one point, I walked by, and there was like six people standing in the edit bay. And my poor editor was like, I can't get anything done. Everyone wants to see this. <laughs> oh, that's really good to hear. That's uh, Guardians of the Night. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing the piece. I mean, that really, I tell you, it was, it was really good, really well done. And um I do, you know, very much appreciate you covering that, you know. Um, it's Guardians of the Night, too, oh, cool. to be able to see that as well. It's been four years of filming. Wow. Um, four and a half years of filming it. And, you know, it's it's already, you know, people are very excited about it. Well, explain for those who don't know what it is and hasn't have those who haven't seen the first episode yet. It's out there. Yes, you can go and my YouTube, which mm -hmm. is just YouTube um, forward slash Victoria Stillwell or uh, Facebook Victoria Stillwell, and uh, you'll be able to see it on both. But Guardians of the Night is where um, I follow a canine unit, mm -hmm. and um, you know it started uh, because I have a reputation of obviously. Uh, teaching in a positive way, right? Mm -hmm. I believe in humane learning. And um, obviously we know that there are trainers out there and people out there who believe in a very different philosophy, which is training the dog much more 
threats by domination and um, through maybe pain or a bit of fear. Uh, and there, there's people who do both. You know, they will train, maybe use positive reinforcement to teach the dog what to do, but they'll mm -hmm. use harsh punishment. And uh, I'm not like that. I'll, I use positive to, um, you know, to, to encourage dogs to learn. And I'll also try and redirect and, and do other things so that if I have to have, you know, give my dog some discipline or tell my dog no, that I can do mm -hmm. it in a way that doesn't instill fear or pain. And, um, you know, I had, I had people saying to me, well, that's all very well for the little dogs that you do that you train but what about the big high drive dogs and i'm thinking where do they get that from did i just train little dogs <laughs> watch have you not watched my show right and all the big big dogs yes. the american bulldogs the german Dames, shepherds the shepherds the you know the pit bulls and everything that i've had and with really serious issues as well mm -hmm. from you know compulsive behaviors to aggression to anyway so it's a myth that people that some people like to put out there that um I only train the little fuzzies. Well, it, it's not true, but I also wanted to, you know, people say when I argue and say, look, all dogs can be trained in a positive way. They're like, well, that's all very well for you, Victoria Stowell, but, you know, try training a working dog like a German Shepherd. What a police dog can't train them in a positive way. <clears throat> oh, you see, now that's like putting red back to a bull because I'm like, okay. Well, we're going to maybe just prove you wrong. You're like the gauntlet has been laid. It has. And and around that time, um, I had a canine officer come up to me whilst I was working in the jail dog program in Gwinnett County um, Jail. It was, we were filming that for YouTube, for the company YouTube. And uh, his name was Paul Corso, and he was from the canine unit of the Gwinnett County Sheriff's um, canine unit. And uh, he was like, come and see a training session. So I did. I, I liked the way they trained. They were mm -hmm. progressive. Quite He's an surprising. amazing man. He's an amazing he, man. Isn't he? And uh, so I started riding with him because I thought if I'm going to learn, you know, how these dogs, why these dogs do what they do and how they do what they do, I've also got to ride along too so that mm -hmm. I can see them see working them doing in the field. What they're doing, yeah. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to film it. And that's how it happened. It's amazing. I mean, and you're in the thick of it. I mean, this is not you just, you know, kind of standing outside a house and going, hmm, wonders. Like you go in there with them when I they're do. ramming down a door, door yes. and with the dogs going after someone who's yep. trying to escape or, yep. I mean, we're right in there. the thick of it. We are in the thick of it. And um, obviously, you know, the officers with us being along, they have to sort of keep an eye on us too. We now work so well in sync with them. We basically know what they do. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, a lot better now. Um, whereas to begin with, we were absolutely, I mean, we always knew just to keep back and keep behind. And, mm -hmm. and that's what we always did. But still, we now know how they operate. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, it's much more it's like a dance now. Mm -hmm. If we know if there, we know what our, what we can do, what we can't do, what our boundaries are. And I have to tell you, working with that unit and other units and now seeing other units too in the UK, um, I can absolutely definitely say 100%, yes, working dogs, high drive, working German shepherds, you name it, can be trained in a humane way to do apprehension, um, all kinds of patrol work. 
odor detection and tracking. They can't, they just can't. I mean, sorry. It's, yeah. it's, we've, I've we've seen, seen it. it. You've seen, seen it. it. And you've documented it. You have it on film. It's a- yes. And, but so my guys are progressive. I would say they're, they're completely positive. And, um, and we sort of discuss that throughout the series, mm-hmm. but the series does concentrate. It's, it's a mixture of a little bit of training, but mostly about the action, about what these dogs do and the amazing love that these men have for their dogs. And we want to have some few female canine handlers. We haven't got any female canine handlers on camera yet, but um, that's what I hope. Anyway, and the wonderful people from State Farm sponsor the series. I just want to say thank you so much to State Farm for doing that, to Heather Paul, to Jaron Wills, to all of those wonderful people who believed in us in State Farm and who also who do so much good mm-hmm. for um, for law enforcement as well. And, um, you know, we just wanted to show people the real lives of law enforcement. I have such respect for these men and women, as I say it in the show. You know, I have respect for these men and women who go out every day and put their lives on the line to keep communities safe. It, it just, it's, you know, how many other jobs do you put a bulletproof on, bulletproof vest on when you're going to work? Sometimes Seriously? I feel like I need to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, but, and I have to say too, because I've seen some of the episodes and I've gotten a preview you've shown me. And it's not just all drama. It's funny. It yes. is. There's a lot of humor. All I'm going to say is that where in the world can you see someone like, you know, Paul Corso, is he a, a, a captain, a sheriff? He's, a, he's, a, he's a sheriff. Sheriff. So he's not from the police department. This right. is the sheriff's department. Right. So they serve the warrants. So he, he is he is um, a sergeant. He's a sergeant. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's a big wig. Like he is up there and his men love him and he's so well respected. But then you see him and he's wearing a funny wig and he's doing a funny dance just because, but you know, like we, we think of police officers and we think of what we see and what we hear, but they're real people and they have lives and we see them with their families, but we see them laughing. And then you're in a ride along with one guy and he's talking about Sergeant Corso and it's just so funny the way he describes him. So there's mad respect there and there's mad love between them. And it's so cool. And you get to see sort of the f- funny, you know, humorous side. It's not all, you know, no. taking down criminals and, you know, they, they do, you know, love their dogs. They love their families and they love each other. And it's the coolest, funniest thing. Like I just, I, I still am laughing about the scene, stuff you showed me. They, we're lifting the veil. That's mm-hmm. what we are. Yeah. And uh, and so so it isn't just a training thing. It is about showing what these amazing people do and the love they have for their animals and so, uh, an in-depth look. And um, they're our brothers now and their families are our families. And I know that if ever anything ever happened, I could call them and they'd all be there in a shot. If anything ever happens, like we do have a, we do have a tragedy in the mm-hmm. series and you will see that if you watch the series. And uh, when that happens, we were all there within an hour we were all there so it is a family and we all care about each other very much and I'm not a police officer and I'm not trying to be a police officer mm-hmm. um, neither is Alex Andes I'm a wonderful camera operator who also operates operates camera with me who's been there through thick and thin she's there she is just amazing and um, you know we would we would seriously these guys are, are, are brothers and it's been the most amazing run so I'm excited about it again if you want to see Guardians it is on my YouTube YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell, one L in the middle of Stillwell. And then on my Facebook, you'll be able to see it. And please spread the word. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please. Because uh, I know that our officers would really be very appreciative if you do. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they... They physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. 
I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is sponsored by our good friends at Zooks. For over 20 years, Zooks has been making healthy, natural dog treats that energize and entice your dogs. And they continue to innovate with a new line of nutritious food launched this year. Now, all of Zooks treats and food choices are, thankfully, free of harsh additives, preservatives, and common allergens like wheat, corn, and soy. And I think the reason why my dogs love them so much is because they're made with the best, wholesome, nutrient-rich ingredients that nature has to offer. Zooks provides dogs the fuel they need to enjoy adventures and embrace training time. If you want to learn more, go to zooks.com. Okay, ready for another Ask Vic where we get into your mind. And by the way, I just want to tell people, if you want to get into our mind on your own, this is the secret language of dogs. Look at that dog. Do you not just want to like... Love it. But look at this. It's beautiful. First of all, Upside Down Dog, I love. Look at these dogs. It is absolutely beautiful. I love this book. Absolutely love this book. Thank you. So here. I'm just going to leave it like that. So in case anybody needs it. There you go. Get the book. Get the book. I love it. Okay. Uh, Let's start with Jeremy, who's in the U.S., and he's got a senior dog. He says, we have a 13-and-a-half-year-old Jack Russell, who is the love of our life. Recently, he's begun to change. Usually a playful little guy who prefers his bed or sitting in the closet He used to love to be next to us. We did some research online and have a checkup in a few weeks. We assume he may be getting dementia. I guess what I really want to ask is if you have any advice in living with a senior dog who may have developed dementia. Yeah, and uh, a lot of dogs in my my lab, she's 15 years old, and she she has some cognitive decline. You know, you can see it. She suddenly, she'll be sort of staring off into space, or she'll (laughs) get a little confused. And, you know, um, people ask me, when does a dog become a senior dog? Well, around seven to eight years old, then they they're senior dogs and then when they're you know they're much older then they really are geriatric but so my Sadie is basically a geriatric now and um oh here's here's a couple of things exercise is brilliant for or for senior dogs and also um cognitive exercises like hiding food and getting them to go find it and um you know putting food in toys and or puzzles and getting them to work out how to get it out really good for your senior dog low activity uh, um low low physical activity activity that you could activities that you can do with your dog and um that can really help them now it but it's interesting because there are def- definite, definite behavioral changes when you have a dog that has cognitive decline. They're not so into being with you or they wake up in the middle of the night and they never did before that they um, have to go out and potty more mm-hmm. or they eat less or they be- they start to have separation anxiety or they can get moody and they can get a little nippy or bitey. And so when this happens, immediately take them to the vet. I'm glad they've got a checkup because I think that's really important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is the dog in pain? Is that why the dog is removing itself? Does it not feel well? Is there something going on there? You really need to go and um, and have the dog checked out. So it's good you're doing that. Um, I would, as I said, continue exercise, do enriching games. And um, if the dog, if your dog is still taking himself herself off then um let them do it Mm -hmm. don't 
sort of crowd them too much. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's, you know, and sometimes, you know, I notice sometimes with Sadie, when I touch her, um, just even if I just touch her very lightly, she flinches. Mm -hmm. And um, and she, it, it's like you touch some of her skin on her fur and all of a sudden she's like that. And believe you, I've never, ever hit my dog. So she's not flinching because she mm -hmm. thinks that, but um, it's, I know that there's some sort of sensitivity yeah. there and it's pain and that might be it. That mm -hmm. might be it. doesn't mean to say you can't live well with your senior dog. Also, um, there is some research that suggests that adding MCTs, which are medium chain triglycerides, things which are the uh, amino acids as well in um, mm -hmm. coconut oil, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. are good for your dog. Because as your dog ages, there is less available glucose in the brain. And glucose is what gives your brain energy, right? So the MCTs can give that energy back right? Um, you don't produce as much glucose as you age. And so that's why um, if you have a diet that's rich in MCTs, then, you know, hopefully that that can um, improve brain function. So check it out. But yeah, hey, a lot of us have senior dogs. I know, so they're I know lucky how you that feel. the dog is senior. Like that's a great 13 mm -hmm. and a half years old. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. This is from Daniel in the U.S. And he says, hello, Victoria. Love your methods and show. I adopted an older dog, eight years old, last November. Mixed breed of Border Collie and Great Pyrenees. Wow. Um, he has a history of abuse as a bait dog, but is extremely, extremely down to earth, mellow and friendly of both people and dogs, which low energy is unusual for border collie types. The only thing I feel a slight quandary about is he's not really into toys and is rather nonchalant about my presence. Not that he needs to be a lover, just like people, he might not be inclined towards affection, but I was just wondering how I could maybe improve his comfort and trust level with me. Mm, interesting. Good question. Okay, I like that. I, that's a really great question. Um, all right, so this dog obviously has not had a good start in life. Pretty pretty hard, and I'm glad that you've got him oh, in your home it. now. And, we love uh, him. Yes, we, we do. We love you, Daniel. We do. And um, I'm thinking of an activity that you both could do that you're both going to like. I think the, when you do something together – that and it's you know you could yeah you can feed you know you can feed him best steak or you know and and do it that way but if there's something that he loves doing so he's a border collie pi great pyrenees great pyrenees so I wonder mix. like the agility or something yeah, or? it could be it could be some sort of herding as well they could do um there's there's various organizations that you have around the country that you know, you can go and take your dog to herd that would might be a, a really interesting um, mm -hmm. activity for your dog you could do nose work nose work is an amazing activity scent work so you hide stuff and go get your dog to go find things there's also um, an organization that you can join that you can do scent work with and you could do sports stuff so that's what I think that's what I think you need an activity that bonds you together mm -hmm. that both of you are going to like I love that. Okay. Um, how about Sarah in the U.S.? And she says, hello. How do you go about training a dog that is not into treats? I can do basic with him at home using treats that he'll eat. However, as soon as the situation changed over excitement, he's not interested in treats, not even the most tasty chicken or sausages. He's the same when out walking, just not interested in food. He's a two-year-old German Shepherd, and I've looked into any dog trainers in my area. Unfortunately, there are none that have been trained by you. I don't know where she is. It just says Sarah in the U.S. Okay. Um, 
a lot of German shepherds are really toy driven. I mean, I, I, um, right. you know, work with them. So, um, and we use, you know, various, um, various toys out there, really good durable toys or sometimes tennis balls. And you, we really increase that kind of chase prey instinct, that chasing a ball that, um, okay, I'm going to work for you for this, for this, um, Kong maybe. And, and so we use those those kind of incentives to train these dogs and so maybe that could work for you maybe that could work for your dog and um yeah i think you know there's a lot outside to kind of take in and you're right i mean i'm all for uh, you know I, I train the dogs very well um inside the house and then you know outside the house they can be taught and for food motivated dogs you know most of the time even when they go into areas where there's a lot of things going on they'll still focus on the food um but sometimes you know they need that extra added incentive now if your dog is getting too riled up or too overexcited you need to take them out of the situation until they can get to a point where they maybe can think a little bit because mm -hmm. you know when you're outside or you get too excited <clears throat> crazy brain takes over and you can't learn and then you're not interested so you have to find something that's going to interest now i've done everything on walks for even for dogs that aren't even that toy motivated i might get a squeaky toy now it's making noise mm -hmm. or i've done is where i've got a plastic water bottle and crinkled that then the dog goes all oh, like that and it's okay you know to put to have your dog carry that around or play with that <laughs> i've done that as long as they don't chew it um you know there's various things you've got to kind of find what is the thing that your dog really loves what's the achilles heel that you know you can get your dog's attention and use that you know a lot of times there's these new toys and i know because my dog cashmere she's she's a de-squeaker is what i call her like she disembowels toys and then she gets the squeaker out and then she I don't know what, like, honestly, she takes the plastic squeaker out and she looks at me like, I did it. I saved you. That terrible squeaker. I don't know whether she doesn't like the noise or what, but oh my God, look at, I helped you. Look, it's dead. And then there's like stuff everywhere. And the other dog's like, I wanted to play with that. <laughs> so there's one toy that you can actually put, um, plastic water bottle in yes. and it makes that crunchy noise, but they don't break the water bottle cause they're chewing on the toy and oh, it doesn't yeah. have a lot of stuffing in it. So she can't, so it's actually something like that may get their attention, you know, if they don't like the squeaker or something like that. I love yeah. those. And Sadie loves those as well. Mm -hmm. She loves those. And yeah, I mean, again, you always got to be careful when you give soft toys to your dogs. I mean, and I know you, you, you're very careful where by, if, if you've got a de-stuffer or a de-squeaker, <laughs> like Sadie's a de-squeaker too, that you don't give them those toys when you're not there because mm -hmm. you don't want them to ingest. But Sadie will, she'll de-stuff an animal. She won't eat any of the stuffing mm -mm. and she won't eat the squeaker, but then she's very happy once she's done it's a great activity <laughs> it's like just destruction death and destruction everywhere we're like sock monkey yeah. down yeah yeah there exactly so that's what i would recommend i would just try and find something that can kind of you know uh, refocus your dog's attention onto you perfect and if you want to know why your dog's doing it again here the secret language of dogs you can figure out what's going on in their brains i love it thank you great that's book. it i'm very proud of this i'm very proud of I this book it. let's jump right into the let's embarrass and humiliate holly segment Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy. Okay, so last week you got to quiz me, and I, I must say, I think I did pretty well. <laughs> Uh, and now I get to quiz you again because I found some really good questions. This is the last quiz of the set of the series. Does it make you sad? I could just yeah. call you up and quiz you. No, oh, well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> You'd be like, Holly's calling. Why? <laughs> Here, Vic, I have a question. Okay. Ready for your quiz? Yes. All right. Uh, we're going to start out big, really big. 
Okay. Uh, what species lays the biggest eggs in the world? Lays the biggest eggs <laughs> in the world. I had no idea. Dinosaurs? Dinosaur eggs are big, aren't they? Yeah, but I would go with current uh, species. Here's the thing, though. And it's not crocodiles, is Wait it? Wait a minute. This might be wrong. I might have bad intel. Crocodiles? I have here sharks, but I thought sharks did live births. No, I don't think sharks do do live births. Oh. No, I don't think they do. Well, then it's sharks. Is it? Sharks lay eggs. Oh, wait a second. we got to Google that one. All right. Put that on hold. We'll Google okay. it, and I'll let you know. All right. Um, how many penguins live at the North Pole? Give me an Seriously? estimate. Are Just you an estimate. Mm, a million? Doo, 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 doo. A million? A million? Yeah. No, a lot less. Oh, 500,000. No, a Two, lot less. 250,000. Yep, none. They don't live in the North Friggin' You're Pole, right. do they? They live in the South Pole, you <laughs> idiot. But you know why? I didn't God. know this. No, but what I didn't know it when I first. Because you think about cold weather. Okay, penguins, right? Yeah, but they don't. They don't because they haven't evolved to learn to deal with predators like polar bears. So there's no land-based predators in Antarctica, <gasps> so that's why they live there. No polar bears live in Antarctica. They live God, in the North you know Pole. What? I'd heard about the penguins. I'd heard mm-hmm. about that, that they don't, but then I didn't know about the polar bears. But that's why. So oh, they, they have no land predators there. That's why. Have you ever seen the March of the Penguins? That's yes, really cool. Amazing. So now you see why there's so many there. But here's God. something. And you know me, and I'm, I, you know, polar bears. I love polar bears. Yes, they're probably the yeah, deadliest you filmed, bear. Yes. You filmed it there. It was amazing. And I learned so much about them. And here's what's really scary. Right now, there's only 26,000 left in the entire world of polar bears. And as we've talked about before, they're starting to breed with the grizzlies because they're trying to survive. So there will be no more polar bears. They say two-thirds of the polar bears will be gone by 2050, and there will be no polar bears as we know them by 2100. Good grief. Yeah. Is that scary? Until, unless we do something, you know, and... Oh, well, I may, I don't want to talk politics, no. I rather than this but it's just that nothing's going to happen. Science, science. Oh, my gosh. And uh, speaking of facts and science, um, sharks do lay eggs. So here's what I found out. Sharks exhibit a great diversity in reproductive modes. There are oviparous egg-laying species and viviparous live-bearing species. Really? Oviparous species lay eggs that develop and hatch outside the mother's body with no parental care after the eggs are laid. <laughs> so they're like, there you go. See you later. Good wow. luck in your life. Wow. Yes. So it's true. There you go. We all learned something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how about this one? Um, penguins, as we just learned, live in the Southern Hemisphere only. But there's only one species of penguin that ventures north of the equator. Where do they go? What kind of penguin? North of the equator. Mm -hmm. And you should know this. Well, no, because I've been to the Galapagos. So I have seen, in fact, I've swum with those penguins. And that's it. And it's those penguins. Yep, the Galapagos. Very good. Galapagos penguins. Very good. I like (gasps) it. Well done. That was the most amazing trip Ever. I want to do that. I mean, if you can think about you're swimming, we're snorkeling. I'm mm-hmm. not scuba diving, but I'm snorkeling with turtles mm. and um, penguins, wow. with lizards, with. Uh, and it's unbelievable that if you could ever get the chance to go to the Galapagos, it's on my list. go. It's on the bucket Amazing. list. Amazing. Okay, done. Um, okay, so how far can an owl turn its head? How many degrees? I don't think they can't go. They can't go all the way around. No. No. So I would say, well, a person can, 
Oh, no, I'm thinking of field division. We can sort of do about 180, can't we? Mm-hmm. Hmm. 280? Yes, that's exactly the number. Are you well kidding? done. Did you cheat? No. <laughs> I was that was that was it really was nothing to do with knowledge but except sh- own it. Okay. You know it. You're smart. I just guessed. Lucky. Well, did you know that owls have something in common with you? Specifically with you. Do you know what it is? British something. <laughs> it's British. No. <laughs> They're British owls. They say twit to you. Um no. They're farsighted. They can't say things up close, oh. clearly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. Let's go to peacocks. Okay. What is a baby peacock called? Oh, God. Think about it. Think about it logically. A peewee. No, close. A pee... pee, It's in the fowl family, right? It's a chicken. A chick. A chick pee. I'm like doing... (laughs) Is it a chick pee? No, a pee chick. Yes! If only we were... If only this was on camera, you could see me doing charades with her. Yes, yes, keep going. It's a pee chick? Uh Uh-huh, that's what a baby peacock called. How cute. And when do peacocks open their feathers? When they're mating, when they want to say, hey, look at me, Mm -hmm. and I'm handsome. To impress a pea fowl, Mm -hmm. so she'll mate Mm -hmm. with him. Oh, and they make the most insane noise. I grew up going to... um, Going with my parents to their club, very mm-hmm. posh, called Hurlingham, which is in London, and uh, there are peacocks everywhere there, everywhere. Yeah, oh, every yeah. weekend we were there. So there's one in um, in uh, Miami. There's a place, and it's called um, Flamingo Gardens, and they have all these things running around. Mm-hmm. It's like a sanctuary, mm-hmm. and there's peacocks, and they do. They scream almost. It sounds they like do. somebody. They do. <laughs> they help. do. And uh, you know, a lot of estates in England, a lot of the big estates, yeah. the big beautiful stately homes and stuff have peacocks just wandering around. I mean, wow. they're, just, they're just free. So so um, what do peacocks have on their feet that's unique to them? Hmm. Um, hmm. What do they have on their feet mm-hmm. that's unique? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. They have spurs on their feet so oh. they can fight with other peacocks. I thought cocks have those. They might too, but so do peacocks. It would make sense. Same family, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. They're all cocks. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, are we talking about men here? Or <laughs> about men? Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, okay. How about this one? Um, I'm looking. I'm, okay. Here. I'm trying to stump the band. Here's our last question. Okay. There are 25 breeds of hamsters. Oh, my God. Which is the most popular breed of hamster cat as a pet? Well, I had them. Oh, now I know this. And I had them, and I had hamster, and every hamster that I had, I probably had five. They were all the same, and I would call them hammy. (laughs) (laughs) Hammy, one, two, three, four, and five. God, dwarf. It's not the dwarf hamster. It's It's a country. Oh, it's got a name. Yeah, Peruvian, nope. uh, Bolivian, no. Middle East. They're having a little bit, they're having some major problems here. Yeah, uh, Syrian. Yes, the hamster. Syrian hamster. You know, I'd have never known that. Mm. Well, Syrian here's something hamster. interesting, too. All Syrian hamsters as pets are believed to have descended from one single pair in 1930. No, really? Mm-hmm. So you mean Hammy, one, two, three, four, and five? They're all, all kind related. Of related. Kind of like the royals. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, well, I mean, what a, what, a, what a great one to end on. There you go. <laughs> what a great season this has been, Holly. You know, here we are. We're the sixth season of the podcast, still doing really well. We have so much to talk about. I know. I think we yes. could just do this for years and years and years. I'm in. And, you know, 
we we'd, yeah, we'd always be talking, we'd always be have something to talk about. I love it. I love it. As long as uh, yes, last week we talked about um, small dogs and big dogs. As long as I keep uh, you know eating and drinking my antioxidants, I'll be here till I'm 140. And uh, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, please, please, that would be kind of nice. We could just hang out, be old farts it. together. <laughs> um, yes, old girl. And and uh, on that note, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening to us go on, and I hope you learn stuff here and um you now know what a, a baby peacock's called yes so you know you're uh, going to use one of those somewhere right so yeah of course you are and i just want to say again a huge big thank you to zooks and to adaptal for sponsoring our series thank you so much to them and um check them out please and then also to um you holly for coming here and joining us and with your wit and your wisdom and it's been an absolute pleasure for those of you who are very sad because the podcast has ended we are going to be back we'll be back oh yeah you can't get rid of us that easily yeah i think we're going to be like 83 or something (laughs) and we're still going to be we have no teeth or something but we're still going to be doing the podcast because in our wheelchairs but exactly anyway thank you so much for listening guys don't forget check out the secret language of dogs check out guardians of the night and um, stay in contact facebook twitter and uh, your yeah. website positively.com absolutely and then uh, you can find Holly online too as well she, she's traveling the world with CNN <laughs> thank you so much thank you guys we'll see you soon thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast for more information visit positively.com get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptil. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively.